This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to our second episode on strategy. I know I say this all the time, but seriously, I never thought we would need or even want two episodes (laughs) on strategy. But here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've learned more than I ever thought I would. True. Us. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm uh, Sensei Jackie. I almost forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me think. Oh, I'm Landon. And we're still with Sensei Randy. Hi, Sensei Randy here. Today, we have a kind of fun thing to put at the end of the podcast. I interviewed our friend and student, Sensei Greg. Cool, right? So cool. cool. He was a competitive chess player in high school, and I'm seriously interested in strategy as it relates to chess. And even if you're not a chess player, I think you're going to find it interesting. What do you guys think? Us, definitely. Us. Oh, yes. Let's start, though, uh, with reminding everyone that a strategy is just a plan of action. So hats off to Peter Urban for reminding us to plan our work and, and work, work our, our plan. plan. <laughs> and since Michelle, isn't that really the whole point of the episode? How does this all fit into daily life? Good point, Cynthia Randy. That is exactly what's going on here. So what we did was we made a short list of areas that we thought we could apply strategies in in our own daily life. Tell us the first subject, Landon. Us. I think that in karate terms, sparring. Oh, good one. When I think another place that we can apply strategies in daily life is in self-defense. I'm looking forward to talking about that one. Me too. And I'm going to take one of my favorite ones to apply a strategy in, arguing. (laughs) And I'm going to take the big one in daily life and personal growth. Oh. That is the big one, though. That's the I'm big glad dog. you got that one. <laughs> it's true. Can I just pause for one second and say everything we've read and everything we've learned so far reminds us that we have to learn from experience. Yes. Oh, and so we're going to come back to that over and over in our strategies, aren't we? Us. Yes. yes. Look back on what we did, fix what doesn't work, and the next time try something else. That's right. And, and and I would like to start by saying that I found now, listen to this, a strategy on how to plan. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ouch. ouch. Is it, <laughs> listen, Landon, is it irony? Is it funny or is it overkill? Okay, I'm just going to have to say, and I'm sorry to the person who created this, it's a little overkill to have a strategy <laughs> on a strategy. And I bet that they had a strategy to create the strategy on the strategy. Well, you got to so, make a plan to make a plan to make a plan. Of course. There you go. <laughs> you got to have the, the root like, of something. That's like the person who has the mirror that has the girl that looks in the mirror and looks in the mirror and looks in the mirror. It's an infinity mirror. That's okay. It. Even though we've insulted this poor man to death, what did he say? <laughs> or she. I or don't the, really them, remember. Them. It's pretty simple. You gather facts, visualize, create a mission statement, identify strategic objectives. Make a tactical plan. And finally, there's performance management. Okay. I just have to say, and you guys can tell us on Twitter, do we sound like a marketing class or no? <laughs> because I think we do. I think carrying all that terminology is very marketing. How should they tell us? You can contact us all over at Wildcat Dojo. Facebook, Twitter, our YouTube page, which has our promotions on it. Um, as well as our webpage, Wildcat Dojo, or send us an email at dojoconversations at aol.com. Nice. Anyway, I'm going to take those giant marketing words and put it into words that we like to use. 
So what I heard was first make a plan, be willing to adjust the plan as you go. And when you look back, be willing to change. And that's a giant statement right right there. Be willing to change. change. Those words you learn from your mistakes. A little honesty involved there, I think. Okay. So I want to start with one of my favorite subjects, and that is sparring. Strategies Ah. in sparring. So who wants to go first? Sensei Randy, do you? I'll go first on this one, Sensei, because I have an idea of a plan in sparring that we don't really think about too much. Because when we go to spar, usually it's in a competition. One of the things you have to think about when you're in that competition is where the judges are compared to where you're striking and where you're hitting, which factors in also into the person you're fighting. Because obviously in a sparring match, that's the one of the biggest factors. But you also have to think about the minute details of if I punch here, is anybody going to see it? So let me tell you why I love that you brought that one up. It's been so long, so many years since it's been inside my head. If you've ever watched a karate sparring match, there's five judges, one on each corner, four, and one in the middle, which means there are three judges on one side and two judges on the other side. Correct. But you need three judges to call your point. So when I used to go to competitions, all the people would buy <laughs> so that the open part of the person's body who they were hitting would be on the three side judge <laughs> side so that the three judges could see the hit because you're only allowed to um, call it if you actually saw it hit the target area, right. which means if it's on the blind side, the judge couldn't call it even though he knew you made it. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a real thing that happened. So thanks for bringing up that happy memory. That makes me think that everybody should line up right side forward. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, oh my goodness, where is the blind side? I'm open. I'm open. And I'm going to take it back to a simple thing and say, how about the strategy where we hit high to get them to lift their hands so we can reverse punch? Uh, That's like the oldest trick in the book. And I'm going to make a nod to our friend who made the strategy of the strategy because I'm sorry what I just said about you because I'm just I'm going to take it back because (laughs) I'm going to make a strategy on their strategy. Are they doing the same punch, kick, block every time? Do they start off with the same technique? Because if they do, I need to readjust my strategy to say, okay, they're going to do that front punch. I'm going to get in and do a punch to the head. Good so point. So getting in and working on that strategy on their strategy. Ooh. That's a good point. And, and I'm like, going to take the – go ahead. It sounds I'm sorry, like is, uh, gathering facts, visualizing, and then creating a mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he'll write a book and market it. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about the ambiance in the room. And how I feel when I walk in. And if it's a pretty tense room, I'm going to pay attention to see what the sparrers are doing and how they're moving, how they're acting. And what does it feel like when I'm going to stand up? And am I prepared enough in my own mind to be a good fighter? Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to finish it up with kind of talking a little bit to what you said, Landon, is a good sparrer has the ability to be both aggressive and defensive yes. right? Oh, so that you can make points as you're backing out or cutting out to a 45 degree angle. And okay. you can make points going forward or even harder. You can block as you go forward to make your point. Oh. So you're trying to multitask and do all those things. And there is a level of strategy in there, but as importantly, there's a level, a level of practicing. So you have to put your practice to good use. And then saying, okay, this is what I practice, but it's not like a kata. You have to go every single move. You got to adjust. All the time, even as the fight's going on. Us. Yeah, that's what makes it so much fun, right? 
dare I say, adapt to be successful. And I also want to quickly say, we know we aren't going to hit every single important point in a strategy on all these subjects. So, hey, hit us up on Twitter and tell us what you think. What came in your mind when we brought the subject up? Us. Because on that note, I'm going to move us on to self-defense, which truthfully is one of my favorite subjects. And since Randy started the last round, since Jackie, why don't you start me out here? Self-defense is one of my most favorite subjects, and my head is spinning thinking of all the different kinds of strategies a person might have for self-defense. But as a personal strategy, I'm going to start with thinking of the things that I have around my house that I I would keep Mm -hmm. in case somebody broke in or came to the door. Let me just name a couple. Um, I keep a, a can of spray by the front door or any door to spray in someone's eyes if they get too close. I keep knives and flashlights and all sorts of weapons in different areas in the house just in case. That's a really, really good strategy right there, right? Really good strategy. What do you got, Sensei Randy? On self-defense, Sensei, I think one of the biggest strategies I think about is how you can make a strategy, but it's never necessarily going to be the de facto strategy. And kind of what Sensei Jackie was talking about, how she has all kinds of stuff around her house. You should always have about a million backup plans that you can (laughs) just subconsciously pull from because nothing's ever going to go right in self-defense. It's just a fact of life. I like it. Us. I think that's a good one. And I have so many going to what you said, since I have so many spinning around in my head, but can I say one that I really love is be prepared. Us. How do you do that? I, I think you have to pay attention in daily life. Like you have to walk out your door, paying attention, unlock your car, paying attention, unlock your front door, paying attention, not dug down deep inside your own thoughts or inside your own phone and not paying attention. And we talked about that. I think it was in January. The episode went out um, about reality. Yes. With Glenda. Yes. We talked about that. So that would have been real, uh, reality of 2020. That would have been January of 2020. <laughs> I believe so. But maybe not. I Anyway, off. you can go back and look at it. And we'll replay that reality one sometime That's a good one. for you guys. Because it is a good one. And we totally suggest you uh, get any kind of information you can on self-defense. Because it's a fantastic subject. Us. Myself and Master Collegian have books on Amazon about it. And hopefully one day we can get back to self-defense classes again. Uh, oh, I taught one on Zoom. Oh. It was wonderful. We had a great time. time. There you go, guys. But in that category of being prepared, one of the things that we like to do is play what if. What if I come home and I see my door ajar? What's my game plan at that point? Am I going to go in? Am I going to dial 911? Am I going to go to my neighbor's house? Am I going to call my spouse? What is my game plan at that point? And no one should tell you what your game plan should be. But having thought of it in advance means that you can approach this situation with a calmness that you might not have had you not thought of it in advance. But one thing that I just want to know is don't be so excessive. The what if, the what if, the what if, the what if. So <laughs> since Michelle told me this story and I really like it, there was this guy who was talking to Master Collegian and he's saying, what if, what if, what if? And Master Collegian said, what if an army tank shows up on your lawn? (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Don't be so excessive with the, oh my goodness, what if this happens? No, just have a general plan. But also, you know, rely on instincts, I think. And adjust the plan. Like if it was the army tank, wouldn't you just go out the back door? 
great. <laughs> and let's stay in your house. And now I feel like I'm in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Randy. <laughs> Right where the one where the aliens trying to tell him your house isn't going to matter in a minute your house isn't going to matter in a minute and the guy's trying to save his house it's in like the first ten pages of the book right Randy us the house is it's the whole hilarious. earth is being demolished for a, an exit ramp exactly <laughs> so your house is not going to matter but there's a negativity to that man's attitude us. and we're against negativity that's correct as us. a general rule. As a general rule, we say, look at it like you can get it done. Believe in the impossible. All righty. I got to say, that was fun. Definitely fun. <laughs> and I'm going to take a breather here and shout out to our sponsor. Honor, Honor Athletics, Athletics. Of course. <laughs> Cynthia at Honor Athletics has really been great to us throughout the whole pandemic. Thank you, Cynthia. So we suggest you get in touch with them at honorathletics.com or at 770-945-5150. And Sensei, you ordered there the other day and it was great, right? Easy. Perfect. But don't forget to use the code Wildcat Dojo oh. at checkout for your 10% discount. I swear I forgot that again. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Not my strongest strategic point there, the Wildcat Dojo <laughs> thing. Anyway, we're ready to move on to strategies in an argument. Mm. I think it might be my turn to go first. I and think I think is. that's appropriate. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with the number one strategy is don't go into an argument angry. Step back, take a breath, and put your own facts together while at the same time realizing that they have to have a point. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an argument. That's right. And just as a corollary to that, as you're doing the argument or the discussion, stay on point which is... Okay, first off, <laughs> the reason I love that point is because most of the people you argue with will try to get you off point so you get emotionally involved and emotionally charged. That's, That's what right. I was just going to say. Go with it then. Oh. Just think before you do it. There's really, or in this case, just think before you say <laughs> it. So... Oh, what so do you I, have on this one? And since I, I, I think I'm going to... I think I agree with a lot of what everybody's saying. And I think an argument is it is a fight kind of, it isn't maybe not a physical altercation, but it follows the same pattern of if you start following into the other person's tempo, then you're inevitably going to like fall into the traps of an argument and lose or fail or whatever you want to call it. So you have to set the tempo of the argument and not let the other person set the tempo of the argument so that you could have a nice, calm, hopefully discussion that doesn't lead to a huge argument. Right, because you don't want things to escalate when you really don't mean for them to escalate. Right, and these are really hard things to do in the moment, which is why you don't want to do it in the moment. You want to take that beat. Us. And and just to go back to everything we've said, breathe. Go down into that chi pocket and see what your personal truths are. And whether there is an end game to the argument and even if there is a point to the argument. Because sometimes... Good the best one. strategy is to just leave it. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Uh. Right. And and then give each other time to come back. Yes. That, that I think is one of the most difficult things to do. If the argument is with someone you care about, remember, you actually care about this person. Yes. Way more than whatever it is you're arguing. And about. that's a big deal going in. All right. So here we go, guys. We're going to go to the last and the biggest and the scariest one. Yes. <laughs> So we're talking about daily life or we're talking about personal growth. Where do you want to go with it, um, Sensei Jackie? Strategies for daily life, 
start with, I believe it was one of the generals who said, if you want to have a good life, always make your bed. And I think what he's saying is start your day with a measurable goal that you can do. Okay, that's good. That does bring me to routine. And you know, that's one of the the things they say about when people retire. Yes. That they lose their routine and then they lose their energy line and then they lose their focus. Mm -hmm. And so routines can be as simple as starting with making my bed. It can be as simple as taking a walk. What's another good jumpstart to the day outside of coffee? Brushing your teeth. The, The first thing I usually do in the morning, sensei, after I take a shower and such is I'll play a game. Oh, so you're a, shower, you're a morning shower. Take a shower is a good one. Us. And um, within within the structure, you can always add new things. And see, I was going to say, because I think one of the things that adults hit a lot in the middle of their life, so by the middle of their life, I mean somewhere between 22 and 62, <laughs> <laughs> is this worn out attitude. They're worn out and they can't get that jump, that fresh to come out. Vive. Yeah, I don't know if I should say yes to that or not. <laughs> Is that a love of life? Yes. Okay, good. I can live it. I can live with love of life. <laughs> that funny. So what what would we do to, to jumpstart that back in ourselves? Reward ourselves. Okay, good one. Something. Give yourself a reward. And I'm going to say, it starts to come over me when I don't meditate enough. Exactly. Find the things that you are grateful, thankful for. I agree. Yes. And when I spend too much time alone, which is absolutely real uh, in this COVID time, isn't it? Uh, just, uh, just for the record, we're mid-December 2020. Uh, Mid-December yeah, 2020, right now. Long year. Years from now. Um, yes. And that being around people, being around people with humor, like we are right this minute. Right. Being around personalities that aren't exactly the same as yours, it's really a jump starter. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea, Sensei. Us. Everyone that's listening to us has their personal strategy. I wish you would share. Oh, that would be great. And so the bottom line on daily life is, and I think this is from the 60s, Sensei Jackie, so I'm seriously dating myself, but I'm not positive. (laughs) To keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. I don't know if that's from the 60s, 70s, or 80s, but on that note, I think we should move on to Sensei Greg. Oh, Oh, definitely. And we'll play his interview. It was fun. And we hope you learned something. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for being here. What an interesting subject strategy in chess is. Don't you agree? I absolutely do. I'm thinking that one of the first things we're going to need to do is, in the shortest way possible, explain to people who don't play chess, not so much how it works, because anybody can Google that, but um, why it is such a popular form of gameplay. Well, I think uh, chess is popular because it's not just a game. It's a strategy. So if you play chess at a basic level, it's just a game like any other board game. But if you play chess at a little higher level, you're now looking at different strategies. It's one of the few games that it's a future game because you have to look into the future to really play it well. So you're looking at not just the move you're making now, but the move that your opponent's going to make and then you're going to make after that. You can be a futurist. You can look a little bit into the future and see how the game may progress. And the best players definitely can do that. Absolutely. 
the best players, not one or two moves, they're talking 10, 15, 20 moves ahead. So every move they make, they know what you're going to make. They know what they're going to make. And it's just a, a game of, of how far in the future you can look to see how you're going to do. So then in order to be a good offensive and defensive player, not only do you have to be able to see into the future, but you also have to be able to change your play so that you're unpredictable. In other words, what they thought you were going to do isn't what you do. Absolutely. Is that a real thing that happens? That is a real thing that happens. And the better players will try and trick you. There's a lot of trickery that goes uh, mental trickery. So you're trying to bait someone into doing something just like in a sparring match where you're trying to bait someone to hit you with with a hook, knowing that you're going to block it in and do an uppercut. That's pretty cool. It is. You know, when when I was growing up, we didn't have this. But now you can play against the computer and you can set the computer to teach you what moves you're making wrong and what moves you can make right. So it really helps to, to strengthen your knowledge of chess and, and how it works. We talk about a lot in karate, how we use things we learn in karate in life. Have you used the strategies that you learned being a competitive chess player in your regular life? Absolutely. I think being a competitive chess player teaches you like one of our basic mottos in karate, patience. And you have to be patient and see the openings. And if you're just going out there willy-nilly and just trying to do anything, you can't see what's in front of you sometimes. And I think that's correct in life too. That sounds really useful. Now, I know you guys followed that miniseries on Netflix, The Queen's Gambit. First off, was there a lot of strategy discussed? There was some strategy discussed. Most of The Queen's Gambit, the main character, was thinking about chess in all the moves. She would look up at the sky, see a chess um, chess pieces and how they moved, and play virtual games in her mind. And I think that was extremely interesting. And, and at a high level, that's what a, most uh, masters do. They play whole games in their mind. They don't have to even look at a chessboard. Wow. It's interesting in, in the matches, too, on the Queen's Gambit and in real life, they write down every move that they make on the side. I've seen that. So, so later they can replay the game and see, okay, where did I mess up? Where did I, I not mess up? Oh, that is cool. Is that why they write them down? I didn't know why. Yep, I believe so. So if somebody was interested in starting up in the game of chess, would you offer them the advice of find classes available with humans or start out on a computer? I would definitely suggest you start with humans because, again, you're not going to really know how the pieces move. And to start with a, a match or to start with a computer, I think most people are going to get very frustrated. All right. Do you have any last words for these guys? No, just uh, play, have fun, and uh, enjoy yourself. I agree with that. I appreciate your taking your time to do this very much. Absolutely. You, take care. Take, take care. First off, did we love Sensei Greg? Oh, he's oh, awesome. That such was fun. A, Thanks. Thank, such thank a you. Great, such a great perspective. Yeah. And on that note, we thought we'd tell a couple of chess jokes. Ooh. What do you think to take us out tonight? That do you guys like that plan. idea? I like that idea. Okay. Start us out, Sensei Randy. Okay. What did the judge do to the guilty chess player? What we do you don't do? know. What? He threw the rook at him. Okay, who's up? Are you up, Landon? Sure, Sensei. Why did the chess player get tense in a restaurant? Why? Why? Because the waiter said, check. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Okay. I got one, Sensei. 
Why did the chess player bring a pad of paper and pencils to the chess game? Why, Sister Jackie? Give up. Oh, in case there was a draw. Oh. <laughs> you got one, Sensei? You know I'm finishing with the pun. Okay. How can I leave without mm. at least one pun? What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their wins in a hotel lobby? I don't know what. Hmm. Chess nuts boasting in an open foyer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with chestnuts roasting over an open fire. Okay, just making sure you got the pun there. I got it. (laughs) Getting those winter puns in. I wrote here, we can't end on that one, but it actually, we are ending on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So, Sensei Randy, we had fun today. Thank you. Thank you, Sensei. Please come back. I will, of course, Sensei. I'm always glad to be on. And start out my goodbyes for me. So this is uh, Sensei Randy saying goodbye to everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, gosh. I hope they did have as much fun as we, we did. did. <laughs> and I'm signing off. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.